That was awesome. I, it's so amazing praying for babies. I don't know what it is, um, but it's just like Holy Spirit just wants to be around the blessing of a baby. I don't know what that is, but goodness. Um, thank you, uh, guys, for praying for her. Um, so thank you to Giselle for preaching last week, you know, for, for those who were here. Um, she's a hard act to follow, you know. She's, she, she moves so much, and she's so sort of dancey, you know. Um, but if I tried that, it would just be scary. So um, <laughs> maybe one day, yeah. Um, but uh, if, you, if you weren't here, please listen to, the, to her message when, um, when it goes online. Um, it was on peace and anxiety. I know that's something that a lot of, a lot of us struggle with. Um, and actually, I didn't share this with Giselle, but this past week, I, I, I struggled with a surprising amount of anxiety. I'm not blaming you, obviously. Um, it was weird. It, it, was, it, was like, um, <laughs> it was like the Lord was allowing me to test, test whether what you said worked, you know? And so I find myself at night lying in bed. So what would Giselle do right now? <laughs> okay. Okay, I have to think about what is good, all right? And then... You know, and, and so I, I did some of the things you, you, you taught, and they really helped, um, just reminding myself of, of God's presence and abiding. Um, so yeah, if it's something that you struggle with, please, please do listen to that talk, okay? Or if you know people. Um, it's not something I often struggle with, but I did this week, and it was really powerful, so thanks, Giselle. Um, so... You guys know where I'm preaching from, don't you? John 15, yeah. Okay, so, you know, I always check with the Lord what I should be preaching on. Lord, are we done yet? And of course, he says no. I don't know whether it's because you guys are slow or if I'm slow, okay? It could be both. I'm not sure. I know it's me. I know um, he's, he's wanting, oh, goodness, I don't have anything profound to say tonight. He's just wanting us to, to get this. Okay, and until we do, I don't think we're going to get out of John 15. All right, so let's get it. Um, I, would, I would love to have finished by the time the students leave for summer holidays. Hey, Luke, you know, do something, do something different before you leave. Yeah. Um, my, my, my hope is that we're going we're gonna to finish talking about abiding and, um, and surrender Etc. And then we're going we're gonna to just press into the, the gifts of the Spirit a little bit, um, shift from the fruit to the gifts a bit, and then see what the Lord does with us. Um, but for tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the fruit. All right, so let's read this again. I'm going to read the first eight verses tonight. And Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So my, my original plan was to talk about pruning, which, like surrender, I wasn't overly excited about. Um, it's, it's one of the more challenging parts of the scripture. Um, but I, I felt the Lord saying, you know, I, I, he wanted me to talk about fruit tonight. That before we talk about pruning, before we talk about some of the discipline of the Lord, we have an idea of why he's disciplining us. And we have the hope and that expectation of what he's actually offering us. So that the pruning has purpose. Okay, so hopefully, hopefully we'll come out of tonight at least somewhat excited so that pruning becomes a little bit uh, easier to take. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. So when I, a long time ago, when I was the age of some of you in the room, a student, um, I know, Matt, a long time ago, um, I lived, um, my wife and I, well, my girlfriend and I at that stage, we lived in Cape Town, and I had this incredible little apartment wasn't incredible because it was fancy. It was only one room with a separate like kitchen and bathroom, which was separate, which in winter was painful. But it was right on the, on the foot of Table Mountain. So it took me five minutes to get into one of the most beautiful national parks in the world. I could cycle to university. And then in the spring and summer, I could walk out of my door and hanging above my head would be these Hanapuat grapes, which you just need to go to South Africa to taste a Hanapuat grape. They used to make really sweet dessert wine, um, but they are a, a really thin-skinned, extremely sweet, fleshy grape that is like, it's like clear that God made this thing, you know? It's just amazing. And this vine was old. Um, it had been planted um, by one of the early settlers. Um, and my landlord, who was a quite a quirky old guy, um, in many ways, um, he, he, he just came alive when his, when his grapes started to form. And you'd say to me, just help yourselves. I can't eat them all. The birds eat them. Help yourselves. Just eat as much as you want. These, these grapes, this fruit brought him such delight. And so these would be my, my snacks almost all day. Whenever I was walking past, I would, I would grab a, a handful of grapes. And they were so refreshing. Um, sweet, beautiful. It's, they're, they're like, you know... And my landlord used to say this, you know, if you pick something, if any of your gardeners, you pick it and you eat it when it's fresh, the, the plant's still alive. And so the way that it tastes and the nature of the flesh is actually different than when you buy it in the store. And so it's, it's about as authentic and beautiful and amazing as you can, you can get fruit. Um, and, it, and it used to bring me such life, such delight, but it brought my landlord delight as well. Um, and that's, you know, as, as we think about the fruit that we, um, we are called to produce by Jesus. It, we can think it's about us, but really it's not. Okay, we are absolutely blessed in the process um, of being the branch that is in the vine that produces this fruit because the fruit is produced by the love and the life of Christ flowing through us. But the fruit does two things ultimately. and One is to delight the Father, to delight our Father, and to bring life to the people around us. That's its intention. 
just like the apples or pears, whatever it is that you might eat. Um, I'll talk next week around why Jesus actually uses a vine and not some other fruit tree of the Mediterranean, and it's, it's not really very, well, we'll get to that next week when we get to pruning. <laughs> um, but this fruit is for our Father, and this fruit is for the people around us. So much of what, um, as I, you know, I've talked through the series, um, this idea of abiding, it can be about us, okay? Um, we can kind of feel self-focused as we think about abiding. But when we start to think about the fruit, this really is where it starts to go beyond us. And I'll speak a little bit more about that um, in a bit. I've got so many things written down here, but I don't know actually how much I want to read. Um, this is what Scripture tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is. I know we know this well, guys, but just listen to these words again. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Paul tells us against such things there is no law. How many of those have you failed at this week? I want to give myself the benefit of the doubt, okay? And so not sort of minor ones where maybe, where maybe, and I, I've got a problem, okay? I've got students in the room. I've got my rugby players in the room. I've got my children in the room. I've got friends in the room. You guys are not allowed to name the ones. So on a conservative basis, I would say I failed at at least five of those this week of, is it nine, I think? Five. Yeah, that's conservative. <laughs> it might be more like seven. Um, and I don't know, um, can we take a step back here? Jesus says in John 15 that if we try and do things in our own strength, we'll achieve nothing. So, and those might be religious activities that we're trying to be closer to him. Or, you know, we're trying to strive our way to know him. They might be sort of humanitarian acts. We're trying to do good. We're trying to bring um, life to people. Um, those might be good things. But any, Jesus says anything you do, nothing you do will bring life. Nothing you do will bring fruit if you're not abiding in me. Nothing. And I think one of my problems this week was, was it was a strange week. Like I said, I had some weird sort of anxiety attacks, which were just odd. Um, I had, um, you know, 10 to 15 meetings to come up that I wasn't expecting, which kind of knocked my timing. Um, I had conversations with people who were struggling over some things, and there were all these things that, and the, the more I went through the week, the more I, I guess I was trying to do things out of my own strength, and I was starting to lose time to abide. And so I'd get to a point where I would lose my gentleness, that I would, I'd feel the gentleness going out of my voice when I speak to my wife or my children. And I'd get that check in my, in the, in my spirit. So, okay, what was that? Where did that come from? And this, this thing that I've been talking about repeatedly, about turning our affection to Jesus, turning our attention to Jesus, um, 
when we, when we fail, that's obviously the perfect time to do it. When we fail, is not the time to beat ourselves up and wonder why we're still failing and why we're still falling short. That's exactly the time where we do have to turn to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And, and remind ourselves that we abide in him. Okay, and I know I'm repeating stuff I've said before, but I, I really want us to get this. Like when we sin and when we fall short, we don't have to work our way back to abiding. That's exactly the time where we remind the Lord that we abide in him and we remind ourselves, more importantly, that we abide in him. And we remind the shame or whatever voice of accusation is coming against us that we abide in him. We don't ask, Lord, please forgive me. Please can I, please can I, please can I abide in you? Please can I abide in you again? Um, the Lord says that my word has made you clean and that you do abide in me. And so we remind our souls, we remind our hearts. And there's an authority that we carry if we will speak that out over ourselves. Okay, I hope if you're sitting in one of my classes and you start to speak that out, people might think you're weird, okay? But sometimes we do this, you know, when we're on our own, but we, speak, we, we just speak it in our spirits, okay? That we remind ourselves who we are. And so what I've tried to do when, I've, when I fail at these things is not to, not to despair and not to sort of go into shame, but to see these as a chance. Say, all right, Lord, what the heck was that? Where's this coming from? What's the source of this rubbish that's coming up in me? I want to get rid of it. Because it's obviously, it's this part of my life that your life can't flow through. It's this part of this branch that is dying that needs to be pruned, and I'll talk about that more next week. But there are these moments, rather than them making us despair and be saddened, these are moments that can actually call us into more freedom. Okay. They can call us into more freedom. So if we just take the first one, okay, and I, and I, I think it's probably the most important, love. It comes up so much in the Gospels, doesn't it? The fruit of the Spirit is love. We, we worship a Savior who gave up everything for us, that he loved us so intensely, so deeply, that he gave up everything to die for us. And so if we are able to abide in him, if we are able to spend time with him, if we are able to get to know him more deeply, if we're able to have his spirit, the spirit of God flowing through us, we get to experience his love more deeply. We get to experience the nature of his love. And guys, this is so important because it, it's, it's only that spending time with Jesus and it's that encountering of Jesus' love that means that the love goes from being up here to being up down here. Okay? We get that experiential love. And it's that love that allows us to love the unlovable and to love the broken. I've said this before, it's one of the things that I love about Larry. And you guys should all get to know Larry if you haven't spoken to him before. That Larry has encountered God's love in real ways and Larry will walk down the street and there are times where he speaks to people that I would normally run away from. Like Larry's attracted to the most broken and those that are hurting the most. He feels God's love for them. 
So I think, you know, not, not to be flippant, but you know, maybe sometimes we look at this list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and we imagine ourselves as you know, some sort of Christian hippies running around with the field with daisies in our hair, laughing giddily, somewhat gormlessly. That's a British word, sorry. Um, or that we become so meek as to be useless. Maybe that's just me, I don't know. Um, that I've seen it like that in the past. And the thing is, if you've, if you've ever encountered Jesus' love and the ferocity of Jesus' love for someone, you know that there's nothing meek or passive about it. It's absolutely intense. And it's, and it's, and it's jealous in a holy way for the restoration of his children. And so, you know, when I encounter Jesus' love, it doesn't make me weak. It gives me an intensity for those that he loves. And it's amazing when we pray for someone who is broken and hurting and we feel the Lord's love for them. And we're able to minister out of that love. And that's when the fruit starts to flow in us. The fruit that the, the, the life of the Holy Spirit has produced in us. Um, and I've told the story before, so some of you will remember it, but it's still, it's still probably my favorite story in this regard. So forgive me for those who've heard it before. Um, but I was, I was once asked to, with a, with a group uh, of two other people, three of us went to pray for um, a woman who was um, housebound. I don't know what that phobia is, the fear of open spaces. And she also had a fear of people. I don't know what that phobia is called, but she had both. And they had both developed at a similar time. So she hadn't left her, her apartment in months. And she had lost her job. And um, a friend of hers had become a Christian and then heard about us and asked us to pray with her. And we went to see her and she's scared of people, but she was so desperate that she, she allowed us in. And the first thing that, that struck me when I went into her apartment was, a, was this weird smell. And granted, people's houses can smell weird. But it was like a smell I'd never smelled before. And I said to the Lord, what is that smell? And he said, it's death. And I don't know if I was smelling something spiritually or whether that was just something natural and the Lord was just drawing my attention to something that was happening in the supernatural. I don't know. But then I knew I was dealing with something serious. And then we started to pray for this woman. And the Lord's love for this woman just started to become more and more apparent. And it wasn't a weak love. It's not an oh Lord bless her love. It was, it was a love that was a terror to the death that was surrounding her. And it was a love that was fierce for her soul and was fierce for her life. And that's what I felt. I, I felt this anger and I, you know, I know anger's not one of these lists, <laughs> on this list, but I felt this sort of holy anger that was rooted in love for this woman. And the Lord met her so powerfully. And I, you know, we, we prayed for her. Um, she, she prayed really courageously, and she, you know, she rebuked these phobias 
in the name of Jesus. Um, she had got quite uh, deep into some new age stuff. And she had the, we called her, you know, we said, we really believe the Lord's not calling you to this. And she had the courage to throw all that stuff out of her house. She kind of cleansed her house and made it holy to the Lord. And then we left, you know, and um, I think it was six months later, the, the connection between us, uh, this friend of ours who knew her, came to me and said, you remember that woman that we prayed for? The phobias, both those phobias were broken. That day she left her house and she got another job and then she met a man and she fell in love and she got engaged and her life was saved. And it was incredible that that was the fruit. And I, that's, that's nothing to do with me or the other two people but I will, I will tell you that the other two people that prayed with her were a man and a woman whose lives were wholly sold out to Jesus. That they spent so much time abiding in Jesus and wanted their lives to bring honor to Jesus. They were, when they prayed, there was such power in their prayers. And if you can imagine it, this woman standing under a vine, plucking grapes, plucking fruit that were being offered before her, in the name of Jesus, and being refreshed, and being delighted, and being saved. But the fruit that the Spirit of God had produced in these people. Now, you might remember, um, goodness, back in January, it's been a while, hasn't it? Um, when you first started the series, I, I asked you, as, as we're going through it, as we think about abiding and activating, are there, you know, is there, or are there a, a gift, or gifts, or or fruit of the Spirit that you would like more of in your lives. And when you know, we, think about, we think about gifts, we think about miracles, you know, which is amazing. We think about things like the gift of tongues and words of knowledge and prophecy and healing. And those things are amazing. But the fruit always comes first. The fruit is always what God wants to develop in us first. And I, I, would, I would encourage you guys, is there, is there fruit that... Um, is there fruit that you want to see produced in your lives? Is there, is there one thing on that list that you think you regularly fail at? Or maybe my, like me, you, you, you spoke to someone this week and you tried to counsel someone this week who was suffering from something that is the opposite of that. Someone suffering from anxiety or someone suffering from anger. And you felt like you had nothing to give them. No, pray, hope. There's something about when we are abiding in Jesus, that when that life of Jesus is flowing through us, that we're already seeing that fruit of the Spirit in our own lives, that when we pray for someone who's struggling with something, that that fruit can touch. There is far more power in our prayers because Jesus has already developed that in us, that that fruit then can then be offered to those around us who struggle. I know you guys have got friends who have anxiety. Just statistically, that's true. I know that some of you struggle with anger. Statistically, that's true. I'm pretty sure some of you struggle with self-control. I'm just naming the ones I struggled with this week, frankly. But we don't despair 
when we see it in our own lives. We look at these things and we say, Jesus, show me. Show me how to clear the path to more of your spirit, to your fruit being, being produced in my life. Frankly, if Christianity was just a wonderful self-help club, that would be a really good place to stop. Love Jesus, get fruit, have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, wouldn't you love your life to be characterized by those things completely? You know, it's obviously not just self-help. We are called to spread the kingdom. We're called to advance the kingdom. We're called to be a delight to those around us. Let me remind us, I'm just going to paraphrase a few things here. Jesus didn't say to us, you can't produce fruit. Stay humble. Realize you're just a sinner. Do your best. Maybe I'll let you into heaven. Maybe. There's a lot of religions which say things like that, actually. But Jesus says, abide in me. You will bear much fruit. He says, I and the Father will come and make a home in you. He also says, you know what? If you believe in me, even the works that you've seen me do, you will do those things. And you'll do even greater things than the things you've seen me do. And he says, if you abide in me, if you are in me and I am in you, if you ask me for something, I will give it to you. I said to Matt, I wasn't sure how long I'd have to preach tonight, so I've actually got two sermons, which I can divide in half. Isn't that good? Because I could speak for another 30 minutes on the second part. But Matt doesn't want me to. Matt's already overwhelmed by what I've said. <laughs> and man has written a list of how many of the nine things? <laughs> yes, she ran out of fingers. Um, I, want to, I want us to pray, okay? But before we pray, I, wa I want you to meditate on this, and I'm going to come back to this later. This is not the prosperity gospel. When Jesus says that if we ask for something, ask what you desire, it shall be done for you. There's a lot to be said about that scripture. Okay, and that is another whole sermon. But I want you to start meditating on one thing. Okay, and we'll come back to this. What does it mean to you to so abide in Jesus? that when you pray that your voice is heard in heaven. Now that might sound strange because you might say to me, well, of course God hears me when I pray. I know that. That's like I learned that when I was like five in Sunday school. But tr truly try and meditate on it. Okay, what does it mean to you to abide so much in Jesus that when you speak, you are heard. 
that you're not trying to beat down the door of heaven. You're not trying to convince Jesus to hear you. You're not trying to conjure up enough faith that maybe, just maybe, the thing that you're praying for will be done. But that you so deeply abide in Jesus that the life of Jesus and the heart of Jesus and the will of Jesus flows through you so much that when you pray, you pray in the will of Jesus and the Father will do what you ask. That you truly are one with him and the Father like he promises us later in John. That kind of blows my mind a little bit. And I've been trying to wrap my mind around that and my heart around that. Because scripture can almost tease us, can't it? With the potential. I know some of us love to see God move. We love to see miracles. Matt loves healing. You know, what do you do with the story of Peter's shadow touching people and them getting healed? It's kind of profound, isn't it? Now, maybe that becomes Matt's heart cry. Let my shadow heal people. I don't know, okay? But what I do know is that if Matt abides in Jesus, if you become so intimately connected with Jesus, that the very presence of Jesus is emanating out of you because of the sheer time that you've spent with him, then you have a good chance of your shadow touching someone and then being healed because that's what he chooses to do. I just I love that I, I love that idea of God hearing our voices. There's a, there's a there's a great story of one of the Welsh revivalists. I forget which one. And he had a revival meeting to go to, and he's going and he's on this train, and he and he you know he's looking at his clock, thinking he's about to get to the station. He calls the conductor, and the condu- and he says like when when you're arriving at the station because are we supposed to be there soon? And the conductor says we don't stop at that station. And he says. I need to get off. I've got a revival meeting. I can't catch a bus or whatever from the next station. And the guy says, I'm sorry. So he stands up and he says, I have a revival meeting to go to. This train will stop. 30 seconds later, the train stops. I don't know, maybe it was broken. I don't know. Whatever happened, God heard his voice. God had purpose in him. And he prayed the will of God. There's an intimacy, guys, for us in abiding in Christ that we're just scratching the surface off. Let's keep going deeper. Let's keep going deeper. Let your, not in your imagination, let your spirit be stirred. Right? Ask the Lord, what do you have for me? Where can we go with this? What is the fruit that my life can produce for those around me? And let's see what he does. But it's an exciting question to ask him. So this week, please meditate on that idea. See where, see where it takes you. But as I say, let's keep, you know, let's keep abiding. Um, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. Just spend time with him. Just spend time with him. Talk to him. 
Scripture talks about you know, being in the secret place. That's a phrase we often hear. But, you know, what, the secret place. Just, it's just time with him. It's giving him attention. It's being on your knees when no one's looking. Abide with him. Spend time with him. And let's see what he, let's see what he says. All right, I'll leave the second half for later. Let's pray together. Okay, um, let's pray. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm going to ask the Lord to... Um, where's Tyler? Tyler, do we have another song? Okay, cool. You guys can get ready, um, please. Um, I want, as we pray, I want you to think about those fruits of the Spirit. Um, pick the one that you failed at the most this past week. Okay. Hopefully you've just won. <laughs> Pick the one that you've had the most trouble with. Okay. And let, let's, let's, um, let's pray and see what God can do with us. Lord Jesus, we, we, um, we claim your words. Lord, here in John 15, that we abide in you. That it's not something we have to strive for or try and achieve, that our abiding is by your blood and your word. That is, it is a, a reality. So Lord, we declare that reality. Jesus, we abide in you. And we abide in you by the Father's hand. That we are grafted in by our Father. And no one, no one can tear us off the vine apart from the Father's hand. We are bound to you, Jesus. Lord, we want your fruit to flow out of our lives, that it would be a delight to our Father. And that we would see His kingdom advance, your kingdom advance. So Lord, would you, um, would you show us which of these fruits of your Spirit that we've we failed at this week? Is, is there one where we've just, where we've fallen short? Maybe we haven't even seen it. good week. If that's the case, Lord, show us which one you want us to grow in, which one you want to develop in us. Come, Holy Spirit. also be that this week, a little bit like I had with anxiety, that you've had some strange things happen. And something that you normally are really fruitful in has been hit. 
And if that's the case, then um, grab hold of that one. Because that's a really good sign that the Lord's wanting to develop it. And the enemy's trying to go after it. So if you've had strange bouts of anxiety, then go after peace. If you've had anger, go after gentleness. But I'm just going to pray a prayer of repentance, and I'll just encourage you to do it in your own heart. The Lord hears our thoughts. He knows our thoughts. But Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I repent of the times this week that I got angry with people. And I judged them. I thought the worst of them. I didn't speak life over them or walk in your love for them. Lord, forgive me for anger and forgive me for judgmentalism and cynicism. I receive your forgiveness. Lord, instead of anger, I pray for gentleness and peace. And instead of cynicism, I pray for hope and love to flow more strongly, Lord. And Lord, where I've been running in in human strength and, and not by your life, forgive me. Lord, and I declare, and, and we declare that again that we abide in you, that you are our life. That everywhere that we failed, Lord, we wash away by the power of your blood. And we receive full forgiveness. And we receive your life. finally I ask this week that you would that you would speak to each one of your sons and daughters here Lord speak to us speak to us about abiding Lord speak to us about your fruit Lord let's get excited about more of you more of your fruit in our lives and let us see victories of love and kindness and gentleness and peace and joy and self-control of all your fruit, Lord, let us see it. We pray, Jesus, all these things in your name.